Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You're listening to episode number 51. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-hosts, Lambro Sirmos and Kosta Levoyanis. We are missing Adi today, but he will be back soon. Uh, we have some post-game coverage from the Ofi game to go over, plus a few other little news points. Uh, we will get into the housekeeping first. We did promise you an interview with Greek Mikey from IFTV today. Unfortunately, that interview has been postponed. Uh, we're working with Mikey to figure out a time that works for everybody, and we will try to get that interview out as soon as possible. We will provide more updates on our social media, Gate7INTL. Feel free to follow us there on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit, uh, as well as YouTube. We'll be uploading some of our episodes to YouTube now. Um, but anyway, keep an eye out on social media for any updates with that episode. Uh, the only other special guest we have confirmed right now is the PSV podcast, which will be happening on February 17th, right before the first leg of the Europa League round of 32, when Olympiakos will play PSV. We are working on getting a couple other special guests in, but for now, that's all we have. I would also, as always, like to say thank you again to our sponsor, Piraeus International Incorporated. Piraeus International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies and individuals for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting, whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at PiraeusINTL.com and give them a call at 410-675-4696. We do have a couple news items to announce, but the first thing that we need to address is the horrific Gate 7 incident. Uh, that we have the anniversary of uh, coming up recently, depending on when you're listening to this, um, a, a truly terrible event that happened, and it would be remiss of us to not acknowledge uh, and, and continue to remember this horrible tragedy. Uh, Costa, anything else you would like to add on, on that incident? Yeah, so this is the biggest tragedy in, in Greek football. This is Greek football's Hillsborough. The day that we're recording this, this is the 8th of February, uh, 2021. It's uh, 40 years after the tragedy today. Um, the, the name Gate 7 that the Ultras are, are named after today, it actually largely comes from, uh, from that incident as, a, as an honor to, to those that died. Uh, among other, there were 21 victims 21 human beings uh, Olympiakos fans and uh, and one Ike fan among those that lost their lives on that day the official police report puts it down to um the gate basically being closed and the fans were leaving the old Garaiskaki stadium after a 6-0 victory and there were there were too many uh, too many fans in that in that gate and on the way out they uh they they a few well people slipped and then they they crushed each other and 21 people lost their lives so that's really the yeah greek football's biggest tragedy and uh you see it um you always see on on this day every year the support uh pouring in from all the clubs and uh you know what team you support on this day, it doesn't matter. Things like this should never happen again. And um, on this day, we we remember them. The Olympiakos fans, they sing 
Αδέρφια, ζείτε, εσείς μας οδηγείτε. Brothers, you live and you guide us, basically, is, is what it means. Yeah, and I guess I'll just add on. There's a beautiful memorial outside the stadium where Marinax, I think, went to the... Well, many days they host a ceremony and they read off all the days or all the names of the people who passed away and they'll say, still here, still living. Exactly along the lines that Costa described in the memorials really interesting it has the gate essentially the the bars that were there and there's flags and there's scarves just to honor those people and it's kind of a day where we have to think about the people who love this club so much that they they, they passed away from their love at this club and yeah it's just it, it's a difficult day for a lot of people and the i don't know if you guys saw during the games but they light lit some candles and there was a nice message which said you're never leaving from close bias i think was a translation something like that so an important day to acknowledge and to remember our fans who passed away and who who really were massive olipacos fans yeah it's also i mean this year is different because there's there wasn't that ceremony taking place outside the stadium it's normally really something that brings not only you know the the footballing part of the organization together but literally there are thousands upon thousands of people that that go to that memorial service every year uh, the football team the basketball team the volleyball team if we had a ping pong team the ping pong team would be there you know like all the olibiagos family is there and um you know this year obviously that that wasn't possible given the circumstances with uh, with corona but yeah like like labro said it's a day to to remember them and it's an important day in in a club in the club's history we will never forget the lives that were lost on that day and uh and we will continue to honor them and and hold them close to our hearts um anyway uh moving on to uh, some more recent news in the Greek Super League. Uh, unfortunately, Larissa are dealing with some eligibility issues. Uh, Michael Vicini, very, very sorry uh, to break this to you. Of course, I'm sure you've heard, but Alexis Koulias, he's done it again. It seems that uh, he potentially failed to uh, pay his EPO fees. And as a result, some of his players were not registered or were not eligible. Uh, basically, the team could not play Lamia this weekend. And as a result, it seems like Lamia will be awarded a 3-0 victory. Of course, with Larissa at the bottom of the league, uh, this is quite the blow. And uh, it doesn't look good for them unless Kuyas can uh, cough up that money that he owes to Epo. Kuyas is such a clown, man. Like, how do you mess this up? He owed something like 25 grand and everyone showed up and the, the football organization, as terrible as they are, told him, you pay the money for the registration fee or you're going to lose. And he just said, like, I don't care. And he showed up. They told the ref and the ref was like, okay, the game's not happening. And then Kuyas was like, well, we're not happening first. And he, like, picked up the ball and left with the whole team. It was it's just a clown show. And I don't know. I think he should just sell Pinacas and sell the team. Maybe he can do a two-for-one, sell Pinacas and the team at the same time. I have no idea. You know, a, a Greek owner um, coming on the pitch and taking a football away, you know, there have been worse things that happen when a Greek team's owner comes on the pitch. So this is true. You know, um, that is also one thing to consider. But yeah, it's just been poor for Larissa. We'll see what happens. I, I, I really don't know what Kulias is going to do. It seems like he's got to face the music at this point, but uh, he's having a rough go at it. 
looking upwards at the top of the table, uh, obviously Olympiacos are pushing more and more clear by the day uh, on 57 points right now, which is currently 15 points ahead of Adis, who sit in second uh, against all odds. They've had a very good season. And uh, the three other, you know, traditional big four teams are just behind them. Pauk and Ike are on 40 points, although Pauk are ahead on goal differential. And then Panathinaikos are creeping up into 39 points. Um, and then Tripoli, who seem to be pretty securely in the championship group at this point. We've got, I think, five games to go, and they're 11 points ahead uh, of seventh. They have 36 points. So interesting, uh, interesting arrangement there. It seems like you know, maybe even Tripoli are, are in for the European spots if they have a really nice push. And uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see who finishes second here. And uh, it, it would be interesting to see Adis do it as well. Yeah, and I, I just want to say something about this because I got into like a little bit of an argument of with a former guest of ours on Twitter uh, regarding this. And he was basically saying, Adis are not quality for seconds because... He, he was making fun because the Addis coach says, Addis plays every game to win. Fair enough, whatever. He's the coach. He's going to say that. And he was saying, oh, well, oh, well, second club, Olympiacos. And I just pointed out to him, Addis has beaten every team in Greece, essentially, except for us. Like, Addis deserve the second place. They, they destroyed Ike in their own field. Like, are we really? They destroyed Panathinaikos, but couldn't score because their strikers are incompetent. But it doesn't matter. Addis are simply better than Pauk. Panathinaikos and Ike, like for me, they're better. Maybe they have a weaker striker, but when I look at the rosters, I compare them. Their wingers are strong. Their defenders are good. The goalkeeper is weak. The goalkeeper for sure is weak, but the midfield again is strong. They have this Australian guy and they have um, the, the one Brazilian, Sasha, I think his name is. He's been around for a while. He plays good, good football. They play nice football too. I don't know if these people don't have a television or they can't watch Adi's play, but they play nice football too. So I'm a bit confused with the arrogance of Ike and Pauk fans thinking that they deserve second place. Well, you guys both kind of suck. Pauk, you can't even beat. Who, who was it this week? Pass, who was it? It was Apollona. Apollona. Well done. You can't even beat Apollona at home. You deserve second place. Take, take a hike, my friend. It's just simple things like this. You deserve second place. Aris is better than you. I'm sorry. I, I look forward to them taking second place from... From uh, the other teams, it's, it's that simple. Sorry, mini rant over. I think if there's anything that's becoming more and more apparent as time goes on, and particularly after the winter break and uh, and the transfers that we made, is that the gap between first and the rest is just it, it's it's light years. It's really big. I mean, <laughs> you don't just see it in the points differential, but but you can just clearly see it. On the pitch more than more than anything now it, it's really stark i mean uh okay we're 17 points ahead 17 ahead of aris is 17 yeah we're 15 ahead of 15, Aris. 42 42 and 57 yeah. i mean so, <laughs> if if results hold costa we're gonna have the league wrapped up like with probably six six or seven games to go like mathematically wrapped up the the, the difference between the other teams is not that not that great in terms of quality, no, yeah. I think, and squad depth and personnel. And if if anything, I think you know, Aris put some depth into their squad over the over the transfer window. And if they can get 
Mitroglu fit and playing as well, I don't see why they should not be looking at that second place and owning it. Another interesting stat that I read today is that Abel Ferreira, the former Pauk coach, he left when Pauk were one point below us. And just remind me, how many points behind are they now with Pablo Garcia, the boxing there's there's 17 points behind us now. oh okay that's right okay yeah so Pablo <laughs> Garcia great coach yeah we miss Abel Ferreira as well you know he would be doing wonders for Pauk right now um for those who didn't see Palmeiras bottling it in the club world cup if there's a competition that includes European clubs in it Abel Ferreira can't do it so you know couldn't even get to the final I don't even have any words to really cuss Abel Ferreira because I just think Abel Ferreira was too good for Bulk. Like he did well in Portugal, like his teams played good football and he came, you know, it seems like a fairly serious coach and he came out, you know, and he spoke in the interviews and he said what was what. And and he said Olympiacos is the better team in the league at the moment. And they got rid of him because they couldn't handle the truth. I've got, I don't have any bad words to say about Abel Ferreira. The guy was a serious coach, and okay, yeah. I mean, the, the guy won the Libertadores, and okay, he he lost this game the other day, and we can give him some stick, fine. But but really, like, the guy was Fair a enough. serious coach, my opinion. Fair enough. Doesn't doesn't make uh, ludicrous comments in in the in the press like Pablo Garcia does. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, every game is a friendly for us, all of them. Also, Peter, before we move off the table. Like this, this second place is actually even more interesting because Asteras have now become like in the clown car. I almost want to call it with all of these other clown teams. Like they're only they're only five six points hey off second hey place as well. Like, Asteras, they're they're doing they're doing bits. Like respect Asteras. We beat Asteras like three or four nil easy. Like it was like a I mean we also beat like, this team three is... nil. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair, but but it was like friendly. We went to Asteras with like a second team, and it was like a friendly. I I couldn't believe it, and and then you see like Asteras is beating all of these teams, and they're in sight. They're damn near second place. I'm just the clown show continues anyway. <laughs> well, the next uh, the next bit of news we have is pretty exciting. At least we think so. Um, we had that interview with Per Zetterberg uh, a few weeks ago. I think it was. And uh, if you haven't listened to that, give it a listen. It was, it was a great interview. Adi and Costa did an excellent job uh, running it. And, and there's so much really interesting stuff. He's a great guy. And uh, it's, it's starting to actually take hold in Greece. And we were really excited, literally just like today, as we were recording, like we started to see articles in Gazeta.gr, uh, Nova Sports uh, wrote up a little article about the interview. Um, I think a couple other as a couple others as well. Uh, was it Foston Sport? Was that one? Um, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's literally exploding everywhere in the Greek press. But um, one Greek journalist told us that he picked it up in the in the Belgian press, actually. It's uh, on vitball24.be that I think they are, well, at least this journalist from Gazeta said he picked it up. But it's um, it, it's being... It's been all over the press the last hour, the last couple of hours. And uh, overfm.gr, big up overfm. Thank you for calling us Swedish journalists. Uh... <laughs> the only thing Swedish I am is the freaking Ikea furniture I've got in this apartment. I'm sorry, uh, overfm. <laughs> 
Well, oh, either man. way, you know, whether we're Swedish or, you know, whether, whether we're Greek or what, um, we do definitely appreciate the, uh, the mention and, uh, it's very nice to see, and we hope to continue to pop up in the press and, and get to know some of the journalists that are writing about us as well. The journalists, they are putting a bit of spin on it. Obviously, the, the main title coming out of all these articles is that Zetterberg, want, you know, Zetterberg wants to work with Olympiakos. And uh, it, 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 it's not, you know, they contextualize it and they frame it the way they want to. I mean, we asked him the question, you know, would you like to work for the club? And he said, you know, why not if there's an offer? And uh, he loves the club. He was very clear about that, that he's been in touch with Karim Beer. That's been something that's been... Um, reported in, in all of these in all of these articles that have come out as well um but yeah i mean just like like peter said it was a really really fantastic discussion with a with a wonderful gentleman um highly recommend people listen to that if you haven't already it's episode 47 uh really really good one not to miss it's our pinned tweet as well gate 79 tl very easy to find. Uh, we do have a little bit more news, and uh, that actually concerns. Is it uh, is it Tazos Donis or is it Christos Donis? Um, it's uh, both of them. <laughs> actually, well, oh, is it really? It's Taz. Actually, okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll spin this one down. So Tazos Donis signed with Venlo, the huge Dutch team where Yakumaki is scoring all these goals. Not so huge, but. Anyway, Donis came out and he, he, I think he went on Spore FM, the radio here or in Athens. And he basically said, if I ever come back. So for the record, the Donis family, let's all remember the father was the coach of Panathinaikos just last season. And his son or his brother was also a player for Panathinaikos last season. So the family is a bit Panathinaikos, you can say in the classical sense. Anyway, he, he hopped on the radio and he basically said, if I ever come back to Greece, I'm going to sign for Olympiakos. And he said there were some discussions and he would be open to signing for Olympiakos in the future. So remember, this Venlo deal is six months, I want to say. Six months, no buy option. He's way too expensive for them. So is this laying groundwork for the summer is my idea. Anyway, so let's see if he gets his legs underneath him in the Netherlands. Maybe he gets a call up to the national team. Who knows? He's definitely a player that I may have mentioned in some previous pods as somebody that I'd like to see in red and white, uh, given the opportunity. I don't think he really fits right now, but you know he can play. He can play on either wing. He can play as a second striker. He said he doesn't like playing as a number nine in this interview, but he's got pace. He's got skill, and I remember when he was um, the last time he was really flowing and playing week in week out. He looked. He looked terrible, but in a good way, you know, just a disaster waiting to happen for the de the defense of any opposition with his pace. Uh, he was playing for the national team as well. Let's see. He, he did say that his plan is to go back to France and get a better look and uh, to get more games under his belt in, at Venlo. But let's see. That one could come back in the summer. And it's it's been in the um, it's been in the rumor mill for a long time. Well, we have a couple more news points, and uh, they concern some former Olympiacos players. Uh, the first, Rafinha, Lambro's favorite, looks to be on his way back to Flamengo, where he'll be signing on a free transfer. He will be joining former Olympiacos player Bruno Viana out there. And Pape Abusise, who is technically on loan at Saint-Étienne, he's been off to a fantastic start. 
Uh, he has been in for two games, and uh, in that time, Saint Etienne have conceded only one goal, and he was selected to the Who Scored Team of the Week for Ligue 1 uh, in his first week playing in France. So we are very happy to see Cissé off to a good start. With that, let's get into today's main event, and that is post-game coverage for the 3-0 victory over Ophi Crete on the weekend. Uh, that game featured a debut for Socrates Papasathopoulos, as well as some very good football from a lot of the team. Uh, Lambro, what are your thoughts on the game? Honestly, it was a, it was a really good game to watch, I feel like. I, I'm going to say that right from the beginning. Bruma came out playing great football. I know he came off injured, and first reports are it's not super serious, so he's not going to play midweek against Aris, but cross our fingers, he's ready to go for the Dutch and for Panathinaikos. Another thing that came off for me was um, Masuras had a decent game. He seemed to play pretty well, I thought. Envia, um, another classic great game. But overall, what I Fortunis, I have to say, had some beautiful touches, some beautiful dribbles in and out, in and out. Played some nice football. I Overall, it was, it was nice to watch. I remember last week we said it was a professional victory. We said it was a professional victory. We won by a few goals. Okay, the team didn't play so well, blah, 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 but it was easy to do. This game was nice to watch. The football was beautiful. There was nice passing. Fortunis looked like he was in form. Overall, I just really thoroughly enjoyed it. So that, that's my first thoughts. I, I wonder what you guys think. Well, I agree with you, Lambro. Um, you know, I was doing my best Adi impression, and I went back and did a lot of the Y Scout stuff today and looked through the analytics, and, and that involved watching some clips from the game, and it was it was very pleasing to watch. We played good football. A lot of our attacks were... You know, we, we strung a lot of nice passes together, really good movement. Uh, we got 22 shots. Eight of them were on target, which is, uh, you know, their, their goalkeeper was getting a pretty good workout. He made a couple of decent saves as well, to be fair. Um, if you look at our XG, we had 3.99 XG and, of course, three real goals. Um, and that's the first time since Yanina on January 18th when we scored less than our XG. Um, so... Interesting to see that, that we are, you know, converting opportunities, but also we got so many chances as well. You know, it wasn't just like a one lucky goal or anything. We were really pushing it. We had 67% of our possession, and a lot of that was really dangerous possession. Uh, if you look at our positional attacks, we had a great efficiency of 33%, and the attacks were pretty balanced throughout the pitch. Uh, we had 11 down the left with 0.33 XG, eight down the middle with 0.73, and then 14 down the right with 0.75 XG. So what that tells you is we weren't just going down one side. Uh, this was a very multi-dimensional Olympiacos team. The fullbacks were both fantastic, a lot of overlapping. The midfield two of Madi and Mvila both did a great job. Uh, Valbuena and then Fortunis uh, were good through the middle when they came in. Um, overall, really solid game. Ofi, uh, they were reasonably threatening when they had the ball, uh, in my opinion, but they didn't have it a lot. So it uh, wasn't really too much of a, an issue. Um, in general, I really liked what I saw from a team perspective for this game. I think pretty much everybody played really well, and uh, the team as a unit looked really solid and coherent. Can I, can I add one thing real quick? Sure. I'm going to call myself out, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring on some criticism. Remember I mentioned this right back for Ofi, who I wanted us to sign, 
vice. I was like, oh, this guy's good. I've read some things about him, blah, blah, blah. Was it just me or he looked extremely poor? And he, he got beat yeah. I think, by Oleg a few times and he could have eaten a red card. I remember he, he did a few foul. He got a yellow card early and then he was fouling a lot. He was fouling a lot because he, he wasn't able to keep up with the pace. So maybe we, we throw that on the back burner, maybe for Ike. Maybe for Panathinaikos, I mean, a good player, but I think Andrusos is a better right back than he is. Yeah, no, Andrusos. Peter, you take the words out of my. Andrusos played fantastic and on the first, on the first goal. Was it he came in out of nowhere and just whipped it into? Was it Valbuena who then gave the Valbuena assist? Valbuena gave the assist. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, just great play from Andrusos today. I, I don't know. Costa, take over. What What were your thoughts? No, just piggybacking on off of that idea. One of the analysis points, I guess, that that I had post game was that is the first time I think in um yeah the first time since the summer that I haven't thought about Timikas and Omar because and and really okay I think Ofi are sitting tenth in the league they've had a really up and down season so it's hard to get too excited but we played good football for I think nearly all of the game we dominated possession we used both wings we weren't leaning on one side uh, you know more than the other and and really the, we had the, the two fullbacks really stretching the game and uh, letting the inside forwards get into the box uh, Masuras getting on the score sheet that's a second time in a row. He's just, I mean, we've, we've said it many times before about him. He's one of those players that's not exciting, but he's he's fairly efficient, particularly in the Greek league against weaker opposition. He'll get the goals and he'll do the job. Um, he's a useful squad player to have. But really, there's not not a lot to, to say about the game the other day. Um it was just again another clinical performance that was coupled with a, a good performance and good football, and we really start to get get through the motions and get beyond third gear, you know, uh, for for parts of the game. the the one The one shame is um, is Bruma's injury coming off. Like Labro said, I, it was reported today that it's nothing too serious, but you can't. Uh, you can't help but think that it might set him back a little bit as we get closer to the PSV game, which is a real shame because, again, Labro mentioned it at, at the beginning of the game, the first 20, 25 minutes, he was getting touches on the ball all the time and he was very positive and, and very, 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 very good performance from him and it's a shame that he got injured. Uh, on a lighter note, did you guys pick up this um, this talk in the Greek press? I think it was by our friends, our good friends at SDNA, who uh, who were saying that Semedo should have got sent off for sticking his middle finger up at El Arabi after the celebration. I thought that just, just <laughs> hilar- both both hilarious and pathetic. SDNA, you, you've done it again. That's ridiculous. Oh my God. Like SDNA. Oh my God. So classic. And I think like anytime people make fun of them on Twitter, they ban them like instantly. Like anytime they get any pushback on Twitter by like anyone, they get like instant ban. I, I, I didn't I didn't even cuss them. Like I think I went on the article and I put like uh you know some pills as a as a comment, and then two minutes later I was blocked. And I was like, okay, great, badge of honor, I got it. You 
you wankers are just <laughs> they're really pathetic you ever wonder if it's just like like pablo garcia or savidis just like checking the replies with like his finger just hovering over the block <laughs> button just like waiting like that's what he does in his free time could could be watching film on how to beat olympiacos but he's just like <laughs> too busy reading the replies to sdna like definitely some sort of russian bot algorithm <laughs> also oh it has God. to be said um they took they took our Par Zetterberg interview like <laughs> oh did they did they did indeed jeez <laughs> oh, it has to be said that you know what country oh, did they say we were from I, I gotta read the article but I just saw the headline uh, well uh, yeah they just yeah okay see uh, even SDNA picked that one up that's jokes that's I didn't hilarious see that. oh my god <laughs> I'm sorry we we can go back to the game now but. I guess since this game was pretty like an, I agree. Oh, hold on, let me get back to this. The fullbacks, like I, I, I don't know when you were doing that. You were talking about the fullbacks. I want to think back. We did a podcast with Bob Beans, one of our former guests, Olympiacos English, and I remember I had like a mini mid-season rant. I think that was the name of the title. I don't know, Peter. Do you remember that? Do you remember that episode? Lambo, you go on a rant like every time, mate. Okay, but it was like a mid-season rant, and I was like super <laughs> mad, super mad. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've done it yet, but the club did everything that I wanted them to do. Maybe like like my I was yelling about Vrusain not playing. I was yelling about Andrusos not playing. I was pissed off about Rafinha being terrible. I was pissed off about Holebas. And they did everything. Like I, I just want to give a shout out to the club because I I, I I I bashed them so hard in the, the first half of the season. Like the summer window was terrible. Like They've put the pieces together, guys. Like, this team now, I feel, could do it against PSV. Like, when we lost to Marseille, or when we lost to Porto in an embarrassing fashion, like, what was that, two months ago? I thought we were screwed. Like, I didn't want to come on the podcast and say it, but I thought this, we were big trouble. Like, I thought we were going nowhere. And two months later, fast forward, this team is playing really good football. The league is done. Jan and Via is playing great. Like everyone's playing great. I have to say Jan and Via. And <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I, this is more like a, a rant, but like a rant good for the club. Good for the club. Like, because I, I, I bashed them really hard the first half of the season. But this team is good. And I'm so excited to watch them play some more. Well, to comment on the fullbacks, you know, this is my my time to shine with the Y Scout. So I do want to do a couple of the the classic Adi analytics breakdowns. Uh, and I'll start with Oleg and Andruzos. Both, you know, had a great game. Uh, Oleg was was quite nice with the ball at his feet. He was five for nine on his offensive duels. And uh, some of them were quite impressive. There was that one early on in the game when um, he just absolutely beat Weiss on pace. Uh, just sprinted like half the pitch down. And then one, uh, he ended up getting fouled, I think pushed off the ball by Weiss, like down in our half of the pitch. Like he just, he just touched the ball forward and bombed after it and just absolutely dusted Weiss. And then right at the end of the game, you know, uh, right when everything had been sealed up, it was basically like the last action of the game. He sort of like cut in and like dribbled sort of around um, an Ofi player. And it was, for me, it was very impressive because he was dribbling with his left foot and he was sort of turning left uh, while he was dribbling. And, you know, it just, 
he's he's he really loves to run he gives it all literally until the last minute uh he's a super fun player also if we look at the overlap numbers um i went through and, and did my best attempt at counting the overlaps and i mean we were looking at three or four overlaps in the game from both of our fullbacks today um in terms of you know one of our our attacking players usually the winger has the ball and Andruzos or Oleg sort of goes around them and, and gets in that more forward position. So we love to see that. Uh, four progressive runs from Oleg, uh, of which two of them were the ones that I just discussed. Four for six on defensive duels and four for five on aerial duels. Uh, we go over to Andruzos, and he was crossing the ball like crazy. He had nine crosses in this game, which is absolutely unreal. Uh, one that I'd like to highlight was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. He comes in. Uh, from the right side and comes down the side of the pitch and then gets the ball on his left foot and does a puts on a beautiful left-footed cross. And um, I forget, it might have gone to Masuras or El Arabi in the box, but it was a it was a great accurate cross. And for him to put that in with his left foot sort of coming in was just like really beautiful movement from him. Um, he did have a couple rough moments defensively. He was three for seven on his defensive duels. And then on a couple of them, you know, he did get burned by the Elfie players. But, um, I mean, he does exactly what we want him to do in terms of positioning when we're in possession, and that's really important. But that's one of the questions with Andrusos, isn't it? Because I don't think any of us question him going forward, getting into positions. His crossings improved a hell of a lot. Um, I don't think, I've, don't think we've been used to seeing him put in crosses like that, but but he's delivering dangerous balls into the box. And like I've said before, he's clearly worked in that position, so credit to him, but he hasn't faced that kind of stern opposition from a, from an attacking winger of, of quality. So it's hard to say for next season, uh, but um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Um, definitely one thing that did come to mind as well after the game um, thinking about the Champions League campaign, what could have been if we actually had some proper wing backs? Um, I don't want to, I mean, I'm not going to say what we've said a thousand times before on the pod about the role of the wing backs in how we play, but, but just, you know, the Champions League campaign, it wasn't, it wasn't nice to watch. Um, but it, okay, that's done now. And, I don't want to say big words ahead of the PSV game. I think the PSV game is one of those, you know, the, the two ties there. It can go either way. Uh, it's a game of two halves, uh, but it's, it's hard to say. Both both very attacking teams. PSV has some some defensive frailties from, from what we've heard. They lost to final 3-1 the other week. Then this weekend they won, I think, 3-0. Um so it, it's it's a hard one to call, but I what I think we are definitely in for are two exciting games and two good games of football, if anything. Again, another round of games where you just wish the fans could be in the stadium. I keep thinking of that. that those would be such fun games to be at. I I would have loved. I I think I would honestly have flown out like to see Pesve. Another shout out I'll give real quick. Pesve will be playing Ajax, I think, midweek or on the weekend. I'd have to get back to you. So if anyone's thinking of watching them play, that's a great opportunity to watch a great football match. Um, and I know the Eredivisie is covered decently in some places where our listeners live. So be, feel free to check that game out and see how they look 
for, for sure keep your eye on Daniel Malin, the young Dutch star. We'll see. The PSV Ajax game is February 10th, and it starts, I believe, uh, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern U.S. time, which is 8 o'clock Central European time. So if you live in Belgium, Lake Costa, uh, then you will be watching at 8. Uh, one more, I, I guess, somewhat notable and, and somewhat kind of not notable item from the Ofi game was we saw Socrates for the first time. Albeit, we didn't see too much of him. You know, if you go through the analytics, you're not really going to see much because he wasn't super involved. Um, I think he had one defensive duel. But uh, it's, good to, it's good that he got in. Uh, any thoughts on Socrates in his first, you know, 29 minutes or so of action? And uh, thoughts on if we'll see him more leading up to the PSV game? Didn't really have much work to do, did he? Yeah, I think no. I, I, I think I saw him in typical fashion you know making one of those marauding runs forward to try yep. and get in some action at some point i also noticed that he was playing on the left side of the defense mm -hmm. and Semedo was still sticking on the right hand side and i also thought it was interesting that um, that martins put him on next to Semedo, not next to bar mm -hmm. because Semedo is not going to be available for the game with uh, with psv the first leg yeah um, i mean it's hard to Hard to really judge Socrates' performance, but I think we'll possibly see him against Aris in the Cup. Why not against Panathinaikos? Let's see. I agree completely. I, I, I just can't think of something that kept, sticks out of my mind. I remember him making that run. He was playing almost like one-twos with some players. I was like, this doesn't make much sense. And then Fortunis took it over, I think. But anyway, I, I was actually reading Nova Sports' is reporting that Kenny La 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 you got an extra silver in there, now, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, La La La. Kenny, oh, God, I'm so bad at names. Anyway, moving on. Um, Nova Sports says he's going to be playing Wednesday against Aris. He could be making his debut. That would be really exciting. Of course, we play on the Cup. I don't know if we had announced it on our last podcast. The draw may have not even been made. I think we will be playing Aris in the Cup. We're playing this Wednesday, and I think maybe in two, three weeks, I want to say. Not completely sure. So this will be a fun game. We, I, I have no idea how either team is going to really line up. I don't know how serious Aris are taking the game, to be honest with you. Again, they're in that race for second place. I don't know how much they care about this. The second fixture of the Aris Olympiakos uh, tie is actually not until March. It's on March 2nd, uh, which I believe is... I want to say it's a Tuesday, but I might be wrong about that. Um, either way... Oh, no, it's a Wednesday. I'm sorry. I miscalculated. Anyway, um, yeah, it is, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm very excited to see Lala. I kind of wanted to see him for 15 minutes against Ofi, but, you know, I figured that Martins was leaving him. Uh, you know, the games are three days apart, which isn't a whole lot of rest. I hope we see Socrates and Ba, to your point, Costa, because they will, it's, it's basically penciled in that they're going to play together against PSV. Um, and we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm excited to get Lala in. Obviously, you don't need to rush him because Andrusos against the Greek teams is more than enough. Um, you know, can he defend Daniel Malin for 90 minutes uh, is is to be seen. Um, but, you know, I think, I think he's, you know, a lot better than Rafinha for our team. So I'm glad we have Andrusos. And if Lala can come in against PSV, that would also be great. And I, I just thought of this. If Aris does rotate a team and put a team out, 
Mitroglu could be making <laughs> his full debut in Karishkaki on Wednesday. I just hold oh, on. Imagine, I just, imagine I, if I, there were fans. I just teared up. Like I, I wish I could go and clap him. I wish I could. I just, I he would get a standing ovation. Oh, Kostas Mitroglu would rain around Karish. Again, anyway, yeah, I just that just spawned upon me, and I, a beautiful image was being drawn. Anyway, it's making me very reminiscent. There, I was at the game where Galetti came back as an offie player. That was amazing. That was really immense. Uh, I mean, all all former Olympiacos players, and no less players like Galetti or Mitroglu, or you know, legends that have you know written their names in the history of the of the club. They always get a standing ovation when they come on, for sure. And yeah, it's a shame that Costas will come back and there won't be any fans in the stadium. Oh God, I hope the situation ends as quickly as possible. At least we can hope for some fans that, um, at the beginning of next season. I pray, really. Um, we all do. Yep, totally agree. One day, one day I'll be able to go to Karaiskaki myself. Oh man one day anyway um by the way uh, mateo garcia and matia are both injured the next 10 to 15 days i just read and they'll be out of the fixture well the cup fixture on wednesday so that one um yeah so they have some injuries coming into the game the game is a late kickoff if i'm not mistaken it's 9 30 greek time so that's oh, quite it's a fairly late one for for european audience and yeah. possibly a little bit more easy for, for our audience in, in North America to check that one out on the way back from work. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually really looking forward to this. And the the intro may have given it away, but I've really enjoyed watching Adi's games uh, this season because of the talent they have. This kid, Xande Silva, I believe his name is. He's a Portuguese youth international from West Ham. He is a good player. I don't know how he's... He's ended up here in, in Greece with Aris. He's another one of those Lissandro Samedo last year for Ofi type players. It was kind of like, how did you get here? Anyway, he scored a beautiful goal against Ike to finish them off. He's going to be fun to watch. I think he'll play. He didn't start the game against Ike. They have players. Bruno Gamma is going to play. Like, If there is any challenge to Andrusos, it may be a Pauk, Zivkovic, Zolis, Levi Garcia of Ike. And I kind of want to say one of these Adi's wingers, I can't think of anyone else, like Hatsiovanis is really going to do anything. Like, So if we're going to learn anything about Andrutsos, if he plays, maybe it's Lala again. I don't know. I think it could be this game. It could be these these few games. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I don't know what Martins is thinking as well. Do you rotate against the second best team in Greece and risk the cup game? I don't know what the what the idea is going to be here. I would personally start a decently strong strong team. Yeah, I think I'd go with a pretty strong side as well. Um, maybe give a couple players a rest. Maybe Jan and Vilag takes a rest, and we bring Buhalakis in or something. Um, maybe Semedo takes a rest, and we bring Socrates in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. We probably want to keep El Arabi. I hope we see Brusai. Brusai didn't play at all against Dofi. Uh, I hope we see Vrusai. I'm fairly confident we do see Vrusai. I don't know who they'll start on the right back, whether it's Andrutsos or Lala. I kind of suspect maybe Andrutsos for 45 minutes or something. But um, 
I'd be okay with either one as long as we get to see Lala for a little bit. Um, but I think there will be a fair bit of rotation. And, and honestly, the, we do have a, a lot of depth right now as a club, but we can afford to, to do a little bit of rotation even in these relatively uh, competitive games. I think Lalo will get 90 minutes on Wednesday. He's not, I mean, Martin's not really the type of coach that's, that makes substitutions on his wing backs during a game. Or in, in general, I mean, coaches rarely do it with their wing backs. Uh, so I, I think we'll see, we'll see a fair bit of Lala, if not 90 minutes on, um, on Wednesday against Aris. Who knows? We might even see Hugo Kuypers up front in a 4-4-2. I don't know. Um, but if there's one thing Martins has shown us in more well, definitely in the last few games is that he wants to he wants to keep all the players match fit going into the going into the PSV game. And maybe one last remark: Mario Vrusai apparently had um, he complained about a niggly injury before the Offie game, so that's why he wasn't in the squad on on Sunday. And I was also quite surprised to not see him in the starting 11, quite frankly. But I was reading today that he, he apparently complained about a, a niggly injury. So he might not feature on Wednesday, but he could be back in contention for the Panathinaikos game. That, that doesn't bode well. That means we've got Masuras and Lazar. And I guess Valbuena is the, the wingers. Maybe uh... <laughs> Andruzos, you want to come up and play left wing? And Lala goes, goes on right back. The only player Andruzos hasn't sorry, the only position Andruzos hasn't played in is goalkeeper. Let's be frank. Yeah. Honestly, over he can, the last he can do of the years. job. Lazar, I, I should say, another uninspiring performance uh in the Ofi game. You know, he just he's just been kind of coming on and just doesn't have the technique. What else is new? Um I wonder if we see Tiago Silva on uh, on Wednesday against Adis. He did come in. I thought he played pretty well uh, in, in small sample size. Um, he did attempt a smart pass, and while it was not completed, uh, I, I have watched the film, and I'm going to blame that on Hassan because it was a perfectly placed pass, and uh, Hassan just didn't really pick it up with his feet. Um, one of three on his offensive duels, uh, and he, he, he was there with uh, Fortunis at the end, and it almost looked like um, he was playing as, as a winger. Um, according to the positional mapping, which is kind of interesting. But uh, as we've talked about on previous episodes, um, in the 4-4-2, he makes a great midfield partner for someone like Mvila or Bukhalakis. And if Madi needs a rest, maybe Thiago Silva is the solution uh, for Wednesday's game against Adis. That could be an interesting development to see. Martins, I think, has used him in some decently big games, although... Uh, was it Iker Pauk when he started and, and didn't perform very well uh, a few weeks ago? Uh, but anyway, maybe we Silva? see Thiago Silva. Silva? Yeah, oh, yeah, Thiago, yeah, that was before Christmas, right? When um, we had the injury problems with Malboyna and Fortunis. Was that? Am I wrong? Is that? I don't remember. I just remember because he, he like, started in like a fairly big screen. game. Yeah. I don't. Was it the I game that we drew? I can't. Whatever. Yeah, I, th I think that's what it was because my uncle was like Thiago Silva, what coat? And yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. but. But, you know, maybe he maybe he gets a little run out, even just if as a sub. Um, but, yeah, the wingers, hopefully everyone can – it seems like everyone will be able to get fit. Uh, for, for Premier League fans, a reminder that there's no clause uh, for Bruma against PSV, who, of course, are loaning him to us. There's no clause where you can't play against the team that has loaned you out. Uh, so he will be eligible for that game, just to be clear, uh, assuming he is healthy and ready to play. Um, 
But with that, uh, I think it's it's about time for man of the match and coach's grade for the Ophi game. Uh, I can go ahead and get started. And for man of the match, I will say, uh, you know, both the fullbacks played great games. Masuras, uh, he had a smart pass that he completed as well as three shot assists and the goal, uh, a very crucial goal. That was pretty good as well. El Arabi had a goal um, as well as, you know, he also had 1.07 XG. He had four pretty good chances uh, and three for seven on offensive duels. But for me, uh, the man of the match will go to Valbuena. Uh, he had the first two assists in the game, uh, was making a lot of things happen, especially early on in the game. I thought he played excellent football, uh, looked really dangerous. If you look at his offensive duels, he's absolutely cutting people up. Uh, he was 11 for 14, and of those that were dribbles, he was 8 for 8 on, on dribble attempts. So absolutely taking Ophi players to school, uh, had an excellent game. For, for me, he is the man of the match. Uh, and as far as giving Martins a grade, uh, his report card has been pretty awesome uh, in the last few weeks, and I'm going to keep that trend up. I can't think of anything to dock him for immediately, so I'll, I'll go ahead and give him an A. Uh, he obviously had the force change with Bruma coming off, and uh, you know, I in in the game I would have wanted to see Brusai, but now that we know Brusai wasn't available, I suppose it makes sense that Fortunis was brought on and uh, and Valbuena moved out to the right. Um, but yeah, I really can't make many complaints about the uh, the game. We played excellent football. You know, we've beat a lot of teams 3-0, 4-0 in Greece. And I genuinely think uh, today was one of the more aesthetically pleasing games to watch. Lambro, what do you think? I agree completely with, with you, Peter. The, the, this, has been, this has been a great run these past few weeks, actually. I've really... This post-Christmas time has been really enjoyable. The football's been better. The new players, it's been exciting. And actually, what I'm really excited with about this Addis game on Wednesday is we see another good team. We get another test of Olympiacos. And we're going to see us play against decent competition because, let's be honest, Ofi is, was mediocre. Like, I, I didn't believe it, but there was a Janulis worse than the other Janulis who was. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> His brother, actually. Anyway, so man of the match, Valbuena, for sure, played great game. And... Good to see him getting informed too, because people forget he, he was injured too at the end of end of the year. He missed the Marseille game, he missed the Porto game, he missed a big chunk of European games there at the end of last last year. So good to see him getting informed and playing well. And also a shout out to Masuras. I thought Masuras played pretty well. Could should have won a penalty. What is VAR doing? Greek VAR and so incompetent. Anyway, um, and Martin's an A plus. I. I love the game, like, and Socrates got run out. Overall, great. I, I, I really enjoyed the game, and I, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, it's hard to really pick at anything here for the coach in particular. So Martins gets an A for me, uh, not a B minus. I'll give, sorry, B plus. I'll give him an A this time. Um, for the players, yeah, my midfield bias is, is again coming coming out here. It's between MV and, uh, and and Valbuena for me. I, I also agree at the beginning of the game when I saw Valbuena was starting ahead of Fortunis, I, I normally get this little this little itch, you know, this little annoyance because, okay, I every, everyone knows I'm a big Fortunis fan. But uh, Valbuena, Valbuena was very good. Like you said, Labra, he looks to have 
gotten over his injury. He's got past it and he looked very good. Uh, he looked very good on the ball. He was beating defenders. Um, okay, albeit offy defenders. Let's see how he fares in Europe. If Valbuena is preferred to Fortunis uh, in the PSV games, that's going to be a major talking point. But otherwise, again, I think I think I'm leaning to Envila. He begins more and more to convince me that that we filled Guillermo's hole. You know that that hole that he left uh, when he when he departed, and he's I think he's already got a better scoring record and more assists than Guillermo had last season. Okay, that's not what Guillermo was known for. He helped the team, you know tick and play the first ball out of defense and all the wonderful things that he did but yeah my my vote goes to goes to Jan and Villa for yesterday's game yeah Jan that's a that's a good shout to be fair and and your comment about his scoring record like that was totally unexpected but he's had uh I think three goals in the Super League and two of them have been just beauties um and the one the one in the Alfie game uh, it was a great shot from him from from outside the box and beautiful build up to set the goal up as well. It was a very very nice goal to watch, and uh, a, a good game overall from Mvila. He was making those long passes and they were completing. Uh, he played very good football as uh, he's really getting into a groove for Olympiacos here. There was there was some criticism of him at the beginning of the season, but you know, uh, to to Lambro's excitement, he's he's really just proven himself like the reason why he once was a French international and you know he's just got that class on the ball so uh it's it's great to see him really get going here guys this guy has a three-year contract I mean and he's I think he's 30 so I, I really don't see the club letting him go uh for uh for a price that's below 15 million for sure and I don't see either a lot of clubs in top leagues paying above 15 million to take a 30 year old so uh, this is like really that was such an amazing signing uh, this summer on a free transfer like no money to Saint-Etienne um, really really amazing uh, and you you hear from his comments as well to the press what he's been saying about how he you know he 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 loves playing the game again and he he feels at home and he's fit well with the team and that's that's really huge for the club ahead of what is going to be a really important summer um not just from a yeah, from transfer and business perspective. And we've seen what's going on in France with the television rights and we expect a fire sale there. I mean, the fact that we've got these kinds of players on our team, like Valbuena, like Envia, like Lala, um, and, and Carambo and, and Modesto on the on the backroom staff. Yeah, you guys said it, I think, on, on the last pod. We really need to look out for that market this summer i think there's some good business to be done there and we've got should i say diplomats or good uh, good ambassadors for the club to help us attract some some big players to come from the french league yeah i i agree with you costa i think he's probably going to end up you know i don't think any team's going to come in for him he loves playing for olympiacos as you said and that's so great to see when foreign players come in and and he's just fit in so well big up to jan and vila one last note <laughs> I, it has to be said, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, the one defender for Ofi, I think his name was Diamantis. 
Um, he's, he's actually a pretty highly rated youth player, uh, under 21 international for Greece, but he's like balding. Did you guys notice that this poor guy, he's literally 20 <laughs> oh, years no, old. Peter, come on. He's like younger yeah, than geez. me. What is- and he's like, his hair is like thinning and like the hairline is receding fast. It's like, it's really rough to see. So I just wanted to send my condolences his way. Like, Oh, guys, is this that? a funeral service? This man's not even <laughs> in the to, grave. He, he gets, just destroyed his life. He has to get toasted by Matthew Valbuena and then come home, look in the mirror, and, like, the hair is falling out. On his was, he losing, like was he losing more hair as the game went on? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> like, Jan Vila just taking him, just taking him to school. Bruma taking him to school. Like, oh, must have been pulling his hair out. Rough scenes. But I, I just – I couldn't help but think that. I always – look at the other like the Ophi players anyone I'm like not familiar with to see like you know what their background is and I'm like I click on this guy and it's like oh 20 years old and I look up and I'm like this guy's 20 years old <laughs> like that's Doesn't rough check out <laughs> anyway uh that's about all we have for you today you know we're very excited for the first leg of the Greek Cup quarterfinal against Adis and uh we will of course provide post-game coverage for that on Thursday um or you'll see the episode on Friday uh, but we are looking forward to that game. It should be an interesting test for our club as we're on a very good run of form as our Adis, and uh, we hope to see more of Socrates and Lala, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll happily await Europe. We've got Panathinaikos after that, and then the next game will be PSV, I believe, so a run of really interesting games coming up here, and uh, we'll be with you to go through all of it. Continue to keep up with us on social media at Gate7INTL, Leave a podcast review if you'd like. We'll read them out loud, even if it's a one star. If you work for SDNA and you're listening to this, leave a review and we will read it out loud. Just make sure to indicate that you work for SDNA so we can make that clear uh, because the listeners will like that. Uh, But anyway, thank you so much for listening and uh, we hope to have you on for future episodes. We will see you very soon.